Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. How y'all doing? How you doing tonight? Surprise, it's me. How you doing? Now listen, I know, I wish Pastor Stovall was here too. I love them so much. They're actually still celebrating Kaylin and Josh getting married, right? Aren't you excited? Come on, they're awesome. And so I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Listen, I am blown away that he would give me the mic during revival, because I feel like I'm kind of like a loose cannon sometimes. <laughs> From the sense of my husband's like, what are you gonna say? I'm like, whatever the Holy Spirit tells me, we're gonna go with it, let's just go for it. <sighs> so I'm excited, I'm excited to be here tonight, and um, my girls are all here, girls are here, wave at me. I'm totally embarrassing you. There, oh, two of them. Oh, three of them, okay, awesome, yes. They love when I call them out, they really don't. I just do it, just to remind them that I still have control over them. If I have the mic, I can call you out, right? All the parents are like, yes, you gotta have, you gotta exercise some sort still, because once it's gone, you're just, you're in trouble, right, you know? And I was thinking about tonight, I was thinking about revival, and really the word that the Lord laid on my heart, I was like, are you sure, God? Because we're in revival, and like miracles are happening, and awesome things are happening, are you sure? But really what I felt like he wanted to talk about tonight is about storms. I know, I mean, I was like, really? Oh, one person's excited about their storm, awesome! (laughs) But from the sense of, have you ever prayed for something and you were looking for the rain, you were looking for the promise, but it came in the form of a storm. It came in a way you didn't expect it. It wasn't in the package that you thought it would be in, and you kinda thought, this is not what I was thinking, God, when I prayed for this. You know, we can all find ourselves at that time sometime in life. I've been there. And you know, I wanna look at the life of Elijah, because if we look through his story, and I don't have time, I'm gonna have to kind of shorten it for us a little bit tonight, because we can't read all of that, but you can go home and read more on it. But I wanna look at his life and pull out some points that I think can help us tonight. Because it's one thing to come in and to see everybody else getting their miracle, and to see everybody else feeling like they're getting a break for you, and to sit and start to become cynical, because you begin to think, what about me? What about me, God? Do you not see me praying or you begin to say, really, you healed her? Do you know what she did last night? I'm saying it, but you think it. I've been there. I've been there. When I thought, really? I thought I was doing all the right things and I feel like I'm getting all the wrong responses. And I wanna talk about the night in the sense of that I believe that God is gonna give us a new perspective and some fresh vision and some fresh eyes to see what he's doing because I don't want you to miss the insignificant things that you think are so small, they're really, they're really the vapor of the rain cloud beginning to form that's gonna bring the promise in your life. All right? All right, so I'm gonna pray. God, I thank you, Lord, that your word is true, Lord. I pray tonight that you get me out of the way, God. I don't need to be eloquent tonight, but I do wanna say what you've asked me to say, God. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you would deliver this word to each person in the way that they need, God, that it would go out many different ways, God, and it would fall on good soil, that you would open our ears and open our eyes to receive what you have tonight. We don't wanna just do church tonight, God. We don't wanna come in and just sing and get some word and leave unchanged, but tonight, I pray, God, that you give us a fresh touch from you, a fresh rain from you, Lord. 
and we will receive it gladly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, if you got your Bibles, I want you to get them out or your iPhones or whatever you got, a computer, whatever. And let's look at 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. You got it? All right, we're gonna go Old Testament. I'm excited about that. I like the Old Testament. Listen, like Jesus was striking people down and you know, I would have never made it through the Old Testament personally, I'm just saying. I'd have been the one that had to been like, you stole something, struck dead, you know? I don't have a stealing problem, just to be clear. I'm just saying, if I wasn't saved, I don't know, you know? Okay, so I would kinda just wanna recap Elijah's life. We're gonna read in just a minute. Oh, they've already got it up. Okay, not ready for that, but that's awesome. You can leave it, it's cool. First Kings 18, so let me tell you kind of what's happened in the story so that I can catch you up so that we can talk about that, okay? Prophet Elijah, right? Elijah is a prophet that God has called. There's been many, many kings up until this point that have now kind of led the children of Israel astray and they're worshiping other gods like Baal. Okay, so Ahab is the king at the time and he is married to this super wicked queen named Jezebel, right? Look, y'all know, y'all have heard about her. We normally talk about her when we talk about women being skanky. We're like, Jezebel, she was a hot mess, okay? I feel like guys use that as a sermon to be like, let me tell you about you, right? We're not talking about that tonight. So, Ahab is king at the time, okay? And there is a three-year drought that Elijah says is gonna come on the land because at this point, they are a hot mess, okay? They are having some serious issues. So this drought comes on, and God feeds Elijah through birds. He sends Elijah to the widow, that story where he sends, the, sends him to the widow, and she has a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, just enough to make a cake for her and her son and die. You remember that story? And he says, God says, if you will feed me first, I'll make sure it doesn't run out until the day that the rain hits the earth. And that's what happens. Then later on in that very same story, the lady that owned the house, her son gets really sick and passes away. And she says, have you brought me here to just reveal all this to me, to show me my sin? And he says, no. So Elijah prays over that boy. He, gets, he lays his body on him three times and he is restored. He comes back to life. This amazing thing happens. So it's like thing after thing after thing of where need and promise, need and promise. You can see all throughout his life. We're gonna come to the part in the story where he has just said to Ahab, he sent to him and said, hey, no more hiding. God said rain is coming. I want you to get all the 450 prophets of Baal, get the 400 prophets of Asherah, and meet me on Mount Carmel and assemble all the people. And we're gonna see which God is the true God today. You remember that story? He calls them up and literally he makes fun of them and they like go on on, you know, calling out to the God of Baal, send fire, the God that answers by fire is fire. Of course, Baal doesn't answer. God does answer by fire. The people kill all the prophets, and here is Elijah. I mean, he's gotta be on cloud nine at this point, okay? I'm just thinking, if I see God send fire and smite like 750 people, I'm like, I'm good, come at me. You got something to say to me? Jesus is gonna get you, right? You would think, but that's not what happens. He calls for Ahab, and we're gonna pick up in that part of the story right there. First Kings 18, 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Or some translations say, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing here, the servant said. And seven times Elijah said, Go back, 
go back. Can you imagine being that servant? Like literally having to trek down the mountain to get to where you could see the sea to determine there's nothing happening. Even though he's just told this king that hates him, there is the sound of an abundance of rain. And the servant, he's like, go back, go back, go back. And the seventh time, what did he do? He comes back and he says, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. And so Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose and a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off. Now skip to chapter 19 and look at what it says. And Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. And Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came to a broom, broom brush and sat under it and prayed that he might die. This is the very same person that just before has enough boldness to call down fire and come against all the prophets and now we find him hiding and saying, just go ahead and kill me, I'm done, God. I got nothing else. He said, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Isn't it interesting that we can see miracles in our life? We can see miracles in other people's lives and how quickly we forget when the storm comes to us. How quickly we forget that God can do it. And we can find ourselves in a place of panic and the very thing that we prayed for because it doesn't come in the storm that we thought it would come in, we begin to run from and hide and say, you know what, I don't want it anymore. I've been there where I have prayed for things and I'm like, God, do it, do it for me, but it doesn't come in the way I thought he'd do it. And then I'm like, "Never mind, I don't want it, take it back, right? Just kidding. Think about that, all because Jezebel said, you know what, I'm coming after you. And think about that, he had just killed her prophets. What did he have to fear? What did he have to be afraid of? You don't think God could have smote her? I'm sure he could have. I know, I like that word. They're all laughing at smote. Mighty smiter, all right. Um, Elijah freaks out and he runs, okay? You see, after the three-year drought, when the man of God, when Elijah says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, because faith comes by what? And hearing by the what? Okay, that's what happens when we get a promise, when we hear what the word of God says, and he speaks to us, and we hold on to that promise. If the enemy can't stop us from believing that, he's gonna stop you from receiving it. And he will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to stop you from receiving that. Have you ever been there? Where you may have believed it, but as time passes, and as time lingers and as the storm gathers and as the clouds begin to darken, you begin to think, God, I don't know if you're gonna come through. I don't know if I'm gonna receive that promise. I know you told me that I was getting that job, but that person just got it. I know you told me, I know you told me to sell my house and that if I did that, God, that you were gonna bless me because you wanted me to do this, but man, all these other houses look better than mine. You been there? Or God says, you know what? I want you to lay this thing down that you love. You love it. 
but I want you to lay it down. And you think, really? How could you ask me to do that? I love this. If we're not careful, the very, very storm meant to bring the rain to us will hide from. We'll hide from. We'll go get in a cave and we'll say, you know what? It's too much. It's too much. I don't wanna do it. You see, if Jesus had to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and he had to endure the cross in order to get the promise that God had already sent and, and determined for him, what makes you think you and I are exempt from pain? What does the Bible say? I wanna know you in the fellowship of your suffering. And, and many times we don't wanna hear that, do we? We don't wanna hear about suffering. We don't wanna hear about enduring. We don't wanna hear about the pain. Tell me the good stuff. Tell me about heaven. Tell me about the blessing. But that is not real. That is not true. True Christianity, the Bible says, take up your cross and follow me. And the cross ain't easy. It's not easy. I wish it was. I wish I could tell you that you could get saved right now and your like, world is gonna be a bed of roses. It's not. But he did promise us that he wouldn't leave us. And he did promise us that he would not put more in us than we could bear. He did promise us that he would walk with us, that he would not forsake us, and that he would take us to the end. You see, it is endurance. It is endurance that receives the promise. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is for somebody tonight, I'm telling you. You see, you can't know the healer if you've, if you've never experienced sickness, can you? Can't know the provider if you don't have a need. And you can't know the peace speaker if you've never experienced fear. I wish I could tell you that it was easy. I wish I could tell you that things were gonna be amazing. I wish I could say, you know what? Just pray to God and all your troubles will go away. I wish he could just wave his magic wand. It don't work like that. He is not Burger King. It's not have it your way. We don't get to determine what the promise looks like. All we get to do is stand in faith, hear the word of God, expect it and receive it. The promise maker is the promise deliverer. He will keep his promise. Your only job is to stand expecting. That's your only job, is to stand and say, okay, God, I'm ready. You see, I wonder sometimes if we miss the small signs that he's moving. Do we miss them? Just like the servant. Can you imagine what the size, the size of a man's hand, I want you to think about that, coming up from the sea. Do you know how tiny that is? After he's just told Ahab, hurry up and eat your dinner, because rain's coming. The way that rain forms, right? It's vapors that come off the sea that then turn into a cloud. That then, that's where the rain comes from. And it's not a quick process, right? It takes time. And many times when we get a promise, we want an immediate, immediate response. Like, come on God, you said it yesterday. Come on, let's go on and do it. Let's go on and do it, right? but he's a good parent and he's a good dad and he won't give you something that you're not ready for. And I think about that. I think about that with my kids. 
Man, God has taught me so much about that, about waiting on the promise, even through my kids. I think about my little girl, Ella, my baby. She wants to drive, okay? We pull in to our neighborhood and she goes, let me get in the front with you. Come on, let me drive. Look, she's seven. She has no business driving. Y'all thought I was gonna say a 15-year-old. No, I'm talking about a seven-year-old. She has no business driving, but here's the problem. My husband one time, totally telling on you, one time he let her sit in his lap and like drive into the driveway and she is hooked. She wants to do it every time and she gets real mad if you don't let her. So I have to have to start coming up with excuses as to why I can't. Like I'm like, oh, it's dark. You're not gonna be able to see. She's like, I can see just fine. I'm like, we're not doing that. And the reason I don't let her drive, right, is because she is not mature enough. She does not even actually have the physical ability to reach the pedals. It's not legal. She, she's not legally allowed to do that. But she wants something. She wants something that she's not ready for. And that's many of us. We're saying, God, where is it? I'm waiting on it. And you know what he's saying? I love you too much to give it to you now because you're not ready. Because I need to take you through some things because if I gave it to you now, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. He does not withhold because he does not love us. He withholds because he does love us because he is patient and he says, in my time, we have to wait on the promise. We have to wait on the promise. And when it's time, when he's ready, when it is the right time for you, he will deliver on the promise. But many times it's through storms. I wish there was another way. But it's through storms. It's through trials, it's through testing, it's through those challenges. When he builds our faith, that causes us to rely on him, that causes us to look to him to fill the need and to not other things fill the need. If you could feel the need for yourself, why do you need him? I want you to think about that. If you look back, if you journal, I don't know if you journal, but if you write down, when I look back many times things that I were praying for that I thought God should have delivered, if he would have delivered, it would have put me in a hot mess. Because he can see the big picture that I cannot see. Just like for my daughter, I can see the big picture that she cannot see, that one day I will give her keys. One day I will say you're ready to drive, but not right now. So what are you expecting? What are you ready for? What is the rain that you are asking God to send to you? And are you willing to let go of what it's gonna look like when it comes? Are you willing to say, God, however you do it, I don't care how you do it. And are you willing to want him more than you want the thing that you're praying for? He's not a magic genie that we rub the bottle and say, give me three wishes. And so many times that's what we end up making it to be, that if I pray the right formula and I do the right things and I do this, it's all gonna turn out right. No, no, he loves us too much and he is way too big to be placed in a formula. Can't do it. And so I just wonder, I wonder, what, what are you praying for? 
What is that thing that you thought was sent to afflict you, to harm you, sickness? What, what is that thing? Maybe it's loss of a job. Maybe you lost your house. Maybe you lost your marriage. What is that thing that you thought, man, this is bad. This is not what I expected. But through that very pain point, that very pain point, God will use that. God will turn that around. If we ask him, he will turn that thing around and he will bring the rain again. I don't know who that's for tonight. But I'm telling you, he wants to send the rain, but you gotta hear the word of God. And you've gotta expect that he's gonna do it and you've gotta see what he's doing. You've gotta ask for eyes to see and ears to hear. And when I'm in expectation of something, I don't know about you, but when my husband says to me, we're gonna go on a date. Look, I go home and get a shower, get myself together, I get dressed up, I put on some makeup, right? I'm like, you got the kids handled? Yes, because I am expecting him to provide a night for just him and I, right? I am ready. So what are you waiting on that you've asked God? Are you expecting it? If you're asking for a financial breakthrough, are you managing the money that you have right now? I, I'm just saying. God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, but I can't even manage $5. I can't even keep my budget in track right now. I say that in love because I've been there, but I'm saying there is a standard with the blessing. There is a standard that has to be raised. You're asking God for relationships, but you can't even, you can't even stay loyal to a friendship about, without gossiping to them, but you want God to send you a husband? I'm saying many times we are asking God for things that we are not ready for. And we are trying to say, God, it's on you. But he's like, no, 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 that's on you. You're not ready. We gotta expect, we gotta expect. And I say this in love because many times it is easy to come in church. It is easy, hear me, to get the goosebumps and I love them and to have the Holy Spirit touch us and us to shout and us to get a breakthrough at the altar and go home and be a hot mess. And the very thing that God delivered you from, you'll walk right back into. because you have not set a standard that you are ready to receive the next level of what he wants to do because you have not decided that, you know what? This is all I have right now, but I'm gonna work this thing until it works. I am gonna work on my marriage until it works. I'm gonna work this job that I'm in right now until he brings something else. I am gonna make this money go further than it ever has. I'll pay tithe on $5. You've got to get a determination inside of you that says, God, whatever you give me, you're gonna see me use it for more and use it for you. I don't know about you, but I've just determined, because I've done it the other way. I've done it the other way and it doesn't work. It does not work. But when I live by what God asked me to live by, when I live by his standards, when I choose to put him first, everything else lines up. Everything else lines up. So I wonder, what are you praying for that you're wondering why it's not lining up because you're not following his standard? 
And he loves you too much to let it go. He loves you too much to let it go because he wants more for you and for I. You see, this is how the promise of God works in our lives. We have to give up the right to decide what it looks like. Only the promise maker is the promise deliverer. He alone gets to decide when and how. And if we get desperate enough, we'll get there. If you get desperate enough, I'm telling you, you will say, God, I don't care how you do it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care when it comes. I'm willing, I'm ready. You can make me mess up my hair, mess up my makeup, whatever I need to do, God. I'm really, I'm really willing this time. And that's my prayer for us tonight, that we get desperate enough, desperate enough for the rain that we are willing to lay down whatever we need to lay down, that we're willing to talk differently, that we're willing to act differently, that we're willing to maybe let some relationships go that we know have been holding us back. There's some of you in the room tonight, you've been trying to hang on to something, and I'm not talking about marriage. Look, don't look at your wife, I'm just saying. <laughs> don't even do it, you're like, God is telling me divorce. No, he ain't, no, no he ain't. What I am saying is there's people in the room tonight that you've been holding on to a relationship and the Holy Spirit's been talking to you about laying that thing down, but you're too afraid that you won't get something else. So you're gonna hang on to that as tight as you can, but here's the problem. God can't bring to you what he has because your hand is shut. You gotta get your hand open so that you can receive the promise. And that's how faith works. There is never something that he asks us to lay down that will not have a test attached to it. Doesn't work like that. When he gives you a word, there will always be a testing. There will always be a time that it may seem dead and that it's like a seed that's been planted in the ground that seems like, where did that go? I know you told me that. It's not there. I don't see it coming to pass. What are you doing? What are you doing? And it is your job to water the seed. And you know how you water the seed? You keep speaking what the word of God says, what the word of God told you. You keep expecting, you keep praising, you keep thanking God for the small things that may seem insignificant. If you're waiting on a healing, if you wake up the next morning, you say, thank God I got breath in my body today. I may not be all the way healed, but I'm still here and I'm still determined that I'm gonna bless God and God, you are gonna heal me. You are going to heal me. And nobody can confess that for you but you. We have to open our mouths and confess what God has said to us in the quiet. In those moments when the enemy comes and he tries to steal the seed and he wants to take it away and he wants the storm to overtake you and you to feel like it's too much, God, I can't do it, like Elijah. Maybe you're there tonight where you're like, God, I, I got no more, I just wanna die, I'm done. I don't wanna do it anymore. And sometimes we quit because we don't even know we're winning. We quit because we don't even know we're winning. It's a fixed fight. Did you know that? You win, whether it's on this side of eternity or on the other, you win. And I am telling you, that's why I say we cannot determine what the promise looks like. My grandfather, man, I love him. He was a man of God and we prayed for his healing. We prayed, you know how God answered it? He took him to heaven. 
And I can say that with confidence from the fact that I know that he is in heaven rejoicing. And he did not get a new body on this side, but on the other side, let me tell you, he did. And do you know what his prayer was? That he would see every single one of his children saved. And do you know that it was at his funeral that my uncles got saved? So don't tell me that prayers you prayed and promises, even if they don't seem answered on this side, will not be answered on the other side. But we gotta give up our right to determine what it looks like. You gotta give up your right for that. And if you don't, you will find yourself weak. You will find yourself weary and tired. You see, and the band can come. I told y'all I was gonna call y'all. I totally was about to forget, continue. You see, if you're in a storm with your health and you're looking for healing, I want you to hold on to the promise that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. If you're in a storm tonight and you're financially saying, God, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna work out. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. If you're in a storm and you need peace, you need soundness of your mind tonight, he is Jehovah Shalom the God of peace. If you're in a battle and you don't see how you're gonna win, you don't know how you're gonna get the victory, he is Jehovah Nisi. He is the great I am, he is, I am that I am. Whatever you need, whatever you walked in with, whatever situation is weighing on your heart and you've been saying, God, where's the rain? Where's the rain, God? You gotta start embracing your storm. You gotta start saying, thank you, God, that you're still here, that I woke up another day, God, that I'm still here. I'm gonna choose to praise you. I'm gonna choose to praise you through this storm, God. I'm gonna choose to still stand. I'm gonna get determined, God, and I'm gonna remind myself of your promise, and I'm gonna wait in expectation for what you're gonna do, and I'm gonna start to look for the small things. That's your hand moving. So I don't know who that is tonight. I don't know who that is tonight, but you do. You're in the storm, you're waiting, and, and, and you're just saying, God, where's the rain? Where's the rain you promised? I'm waiting, I've been asking, I've been knocking, and it hasn't come. Tonight's your night, tonight's your night. One moment, one word from him can change it all. So if that's you, I'm, gonna do, I'm not doing some fancy altar call. I'm over that. If that's you and you want it, if you're desperate enough, if you're desperate enough, get down here. If you're desperate, if you're desperate for God to send the rain, that you don't care no more about what anybody else thinks, you are so desperate for a touch from Him that you're willing to say, God, whatever it takes, whatever you ask me to lay down, whatever you ask me to go, wherever you ask me to do, God, I will do it because I am willing. I've tried it my way and it's not working, God.
Come on, keep coming. Yep, I'm telling you. If you've came a thousand times, come again. If this is your first time, come again. We're desperate for the rain, God. We're desperate for the rain. We've been in a drought, God, and we want the rain. I wanna read you this scripture. Hosea 6, one through three says, Come, let us return unto the Lord, for He has torn, but He will heal us. He has smitten and He will bind us up. After two days, He will revive us, and on the third day, He will raise us up, and we shall live in His sight. Let us now press on into knowing the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and He shall come to us as the rain, the latter and the former rain unto the earth. He will come to us like the rain. And that rain that He's talking about is the rain of the Holy Spirit. There was a former rain and there is a latter rain. And there is a latter rain that is gonna cover the earth before He comes. And I believe we're in that time that the rain of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon us. Come on, if you're ready, get your hands up. God, we receive your rain. We receive what you're doing. We ask you to send it to us. We don't care what it looks like anymore. We are willing, God. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.